St. <laughs> Patrick, born, lived between 389 and 461 A.D., born in Roman Britain in the 4th century, kidnapped by Irish raiders at age 16 and taken to Gaelic Ireland, where he worked as a shepherd for six years until God told him to escape to the coast where a ship would be waiting to take him home. He became a priest and returned to Northern Ireland to convert the pagan Irish to Christianity. St. Patrick was not a green beer-drinking leprechaun, but a spirit-filled, miracle-working lover of Jesus Christ. He shook a whole pagan nation with the gospel. Here's a quote from a book called The Life and Times of St. Patrick. For the blind and the lame, the deaf and the dumb... The palsied, the lunatic, the leprous, the epileptic, all who labored under any disease, did he in the name of the Holy Trinity restore unto the power of their limbs and unto entire health. And in these good deeds was he daily practiced. Thirty and three dead men, some of whom have been many years buried, did this great reviver raise from the dead. He used the three-leaf clover as an illustration to teach about the Trinity. We ought to celebrate St. Patrick's Day by preaching the gospel, healing the sick, raising the dead, and casting out devils, just like he did. Amen? Amen. Now, that's the real story. Isn't that amazing? It's awesome, huh? Five weeks till Easter, folks. Resurrection Sunday, April 17th. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, thank you for this beautiful, beautiful day that you've given us to sort of spring forward. Hallelujah. (laughs) As a beautiful picture of spring. A little cool out, but thank you, Lord. It is wonderful. And we just thank you for every good thing we know comes from you, Lord. And we just love you. Thank you for your precious word. Thank you for using me today. Thank you for the anointing that breaks every yoke. Thank you for raising up your children, the body of Christ. Help them to receive your help, healing, empowerment, love, and prosperity, and help them to go and help others with that same help they've received. In Jesus' name, amen. One of my favorite scriptures, John 17, 3. Jesus was praying on that fateful night. I can't find it right now. I'll just say it. And on the night of his betrayal, he was praying... And it was odd to me, is what this scripture caught my attention so many years ago, is that he stopped and explained something to the Father whom he was praying to. (laughs) And I thought it was odd. And he said, no, silly, that was for you. That was for the disciples and for all of my children, then and now and in the future. Amen. What he said is, this is eternal life, that they know you, the one true God, and your Son, Jesus Christ, whom you have sent. That's the meaning of eternal life. That passionate, intimate knowledge and knowing and relationship with God Himself. That is eternal life. It's not something that we just do a prayer one day and get dunked and then don't worry about it until we get to the nearby and by and then that's the eternal life. No, you enter into eternal life in the sweet now and now, if you choose. Amen. Or oh me. (laughs) 
want to talk about eternity a little bit because it's a word that most people are familiar with but don't really understand and really try not to think of very often if the truth be known we try to avoid it (laughs) it's not just an extended period of time eternity if that's what you think it's not I just told you what eternal life was God placed an eternal element in man when he breathed life into Adam and Eve in the garden. But he said, the day that you eat of that fruit, right, you will surely die. And then they lived for about, to be about 900 years old, right? Or Adam did. We know that. So he didn't die physically. His soul didn't, you know, he was still alive in his personality, his mind and will and emotions. He was spiritually that he died. The eternal part of him died off and was separated from God in that sense. God, ever since that happened, once that happened, he went to work and in his, the, the determinate counsel of God, I love how the Bible phrases that. That's, you know who the, who's on the board? This determinate counsel of God? It's It's him. It's Father, it's the, it's the Son, and it's the Holy Ghost. What a great board to have, huh? <laughs> but they went to work and they devised an amazing plan. He began to get to work to bring us back into the fold, as it were. Amen. And that's why, I, you know, I, I, I love this, this time leading up to what the world celebrates as Easter, Resurrection Sunday, to use these these weeks and times to discuss the Lord and help us to get to know Him a little bit better and to see the the humanity of Jesus as well as the deity. Just to just to know Him better because everything to do with this life is about getting to know Him better. Amen. It's not about religion. It don't save anybody. Only relationship with Jesus. You hear me, I, I pick on denominations, I pick on doctrines, all in love, because I preface it over and over again that I love them all, I love everyone. I do that to make people think, to keep people from getting stuck and trapped, because, listen, there's a lot of weird stuff going on out there. People have been misled, God's people, and He loves and He takes that very seriously. Matter of fact, when someone does something to one of you, anyone in here not quite... Receive the Lord as uh, Jesus as your Lord and Savior yet? Everyone saved? Everyone redeemed? Everyone born again? Good. Good. Because if not, we fix it right now. (laughs) Well, God devised a plan. And He went to work getting it to come to pass. It wasn't easy. <laughs> and we're going to find that out. We're going to get to know Jesus. The guy that that did it all for us. Amen. But in in John 3.3. 3, Jesus told Nicodemus. Who was one of the Pharisees. One of the religious leaders of the day. Who believed. But he wasn't brave. <laughs> So he came to Jesus at night, didn't he? 
And he told him, we know you're of God. You know? And Jesus said, listen, unless you're born again, you can't see the kingdom of God. You've got to be born again. And he told him something else. He said, flesh gives birth to flesh. Spirit gives birth to spirit. The Bible teaches us that the flesh profits us nothing. So, and that in John 4.24, remember what he told the woman at the well? God is a spirit. And those who worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. So, all this stuff pointing to the eternal, to the spiritual, which is something that died in mankind in the garden. And Jesus has provided a way back to new life. Amen. So, through receiving Jesus, we can be spiritually reborn through God from above. And that's the only way. Only way. So, all these folks that say, we believe in Jesus as one of the ways. They don't get to have that option. They don't get to have that option. If you think Jesus is one of the ways, then you have not accepted the way. Not really. That's unbelief. It just is. To know the truth that we know and believe that He came here and died on a cross, God Himself, just to just give Him another way, another option. Come on. Doesn't work. But from the time we're reborn, we are spiritual in nature, which is what God was after. And then we're, we're drawn to God from that, from that spirit inside of us. There's an unction. There's a, there's a, a knowing from the Holy One. And, and we're drawn to the spiritual. But there still remains this, this fleshy body, right? And this, this meathead. Hmm? This mind and will, our soulish realm, our body and our mind, the, the flesh. And unless it's renewed, unless it's renewed, it will always be drawn to the carnal, natural, worldly things, won't it? So let's go to the book of Romans for a moment. I don't know how far I'm going to get today. We're just going to, we're just going to talk. About Jesus. Amen. Romans 12, 1 and 2. Paul is basically begging us. After he lays out this Roman road. And all the amazing thing. A picture of grace. And what Jesus has done. In the first 11 chapters of Romans. And, and he says in Romans chapter 12. In the first couple of verses. He says, I appeal to you. I, I beseech you. Brethren, therefore, by the mercies of God, or because of everything I said prior to this, because of everything that He's done on our behalf, because God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son so that you could live, because of that, Present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your spiritual worship. Or, or the King James says, you're reasonable. Reasonable. It's only reasonable that we could ask this of you based on 
Not, you know, if we were just saying, do this, do that. No, I'm, I'm, I'm giving you the why and the how of it. You know, not only did, did he give you a reason to do that for him, but he's also given you the grace to do it. The grace of God is not a license to sin, although it did offer you freedom in all things. God has forgiven you. But it, what the grace of God has done is empowered you to be and to do all that he's called you to be and to do. Hallelujah. Do not be, verse 2, do not be conformed to this world. Okay, there's, a, there's an option then, isn't there? There's that free will. He's discussing this with you. He's like, listen now, look at everything God's done for us. Now here, I'm assuming you have accepted that and moved into that. So now begin to renew this thing. Because the world screwed it up, taught you wrong, didn't tell you anything that was really right about God. Even if you were religious, if you're putting your trust in that, that ain't going to help you. You need to get some new stuff in here that agrees with what's been put in here. Yes. This renewed born-again spirit has the kingdom of God, the very mind of Christ, and it agrees with God all the time. All the peace, love, and joy you'll ever need in this life is right here. Yeah. Amen. Amen. Or me. <laughs> we can all draw from that river, that well. Amen. Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind, that by testing you may discern what is the will of God, what is good and acceptable and perfect. You see, once you have this in you, this book, or these books, then everything you hear can go through the filter of this. You see? John was talking about somebody talking to him about books written by godly men about this. Well, this one was written by God. All Scripture is God-breathed. Amen. Uh-huh. Yeah. And then he used 50 different writers just to write it down, you see. But now, there are books, and there are a lot of great books, anointed books. And when you have the Holy Ghost and you have this in you, you can, you're judging these things. You're, you're determining and like John said, some of them, like, and he, he blessed me by saying some of the things that I've said, you know, or some of the things that we've read from other authors. It's anointed. It's anointed. What does that mean? It, it, it's, it's right on. The Holy Ghost inside of us is saying, yep, yep, that's right. That's good. Yes, yep. We have an unction and knowing from the Holy Ghost. Romans 6, let's just back up a few pages. Romans 6, 16 says, Do you not know that if you present yourselves to anyone as obedient slaves, you are slaves to the one whom you obey? Now he's talking about spiritual truth and he's just giving some natural examples. Slaves to whom you obey, either of sin which leads to death, or of obedience, which leads to righteousness. But thanks be to God that you, who were once slaves of sin, have become obedient from the heart to the standard of teaching to which you were committed. And having been set free from sin, 
have become slaves of righteousness. I'm speaking in human terms because of your natural limitations. Paul often said things like that. <laughs> he was he had great revelation. I think he I think he knew Jesus better than any of the, the original disciples by revelation. For just as you once presented your members as slaves to impurity and to lawlessness, come on. Oh, just me. Oh wow. <laughs> bunch of religious folks in here <laughs> leading to more lawlessness so now present your members as slaves to righteousness leading to sanctification sanctified is just set apart and made holy unto God for the master's use amen, amen. the potter the potter the potter's hands are on you amen look here at uh, Romans eight fourteen. turn a couple pages back or one more page for me. Romans eight fourteen. For all who are led by the Spirit, capital S, that's the Holy Spirit, the Spirit of God are the sons or children of God. For you did not receive a spirit of slavery to fall back into fear, because that's where we came from. Because if you have no hope in eternity... You live a life of fear. Sometimes it expresses itself in anger, or bitterness, resentment, depression, all fear-based. It's all a God-sized hole in someone, you see? Hmm? So don't fall back into that. But you see the spirit of adoption as sons by whom we cry, Abba, Father. Huh? Glory to God. Glory to God. You're led by the Spirit of God, you're the children of God. So how what does that mean? What is what is being led by the Spirit of God? Well, how do we know what well this book aligns with the Spirit of God, you see. It's written by him. He's the author. You see? So living a life in agreement with God is simply living a holy life. Living a life of, what's the one law that Jesus gave us? What's the golden rule? It's just about love. You know, uh, you live holy. Oh, God, hellfire and brimstone. Hey, just love one another. Oh, what a great preacher. Same thing. Same message. <laughs> Maybe with a different motivation. Who knows? I don't know that preacher. <laughs> it's all about love. There's a song in there. <laughs> Meditate on the Word of God. Be a doer of the Word. Hmm? Not just a hearer. Didn't James say, I, you show me your faith without works, I'll show you my faith by my works. He said, in other words, I'm not going to earn anything from God by my works, but believing on God is going to make me do some things that makes it apparent. In other words, if I get arrested for being a Christian, there's going to be evidence to convict me. <laughs> Put the Word of God above all else. Hmm? And instantly, instantly respond. To the Word of God. 
not to the flesh. To the Spirit. To the Holy Spirit. That unction. Let the peace of God rule in your heart. Amen? Amen. Those are those are just five things that I... Because I love five. I thought of four and I said, no, there's got to be a fifth, Lord. Was, yeah, let the peace of God rule in your heart. Which could still be the same as instantly respond to the Spirit of the Holy Spirit. He's, he is the God of, of peace. Amen. But I said another way just to get to five. I had to get, I didn't want to get stuck on four. I can tell who read my book. Hmm. <laughs> Listen, the world's been subjected to death due to sin ever since the fall. If you live long enough, you begin to realize that all the things of this world are passing away. Hmm? This is all temporary, folks. <laughs> Nobody getting out of here with this. <laughs> heard somebody say it like nobody getting out of here alive but that's not really true if you're born again you are alive you, you're always going to be alive but you ain't getting out of here with this earth suit which is all that some people focus on trying to keep this thing <laughs> so pristine and the more they try it's just the weirdest looking thing it's like good lord you scary please stop doing that <laughs> God bless them. But what they need (laughs) is to look up. Hmm? To consider God. To consider... If If you just focus on the things of the world, you're going to be disappointed, folks. But if you look around and you start considering these things, and I mean, I'm not trying to be a downer, but I mean, I mean, just start. God says, just look at the things that were made. Look, look at a flower. Oh man, I love flowers. I love gardening and all that stuff. I don't get to do it as much as I used to. Flowers are awesome. I got my daffodils all blooming now. So beautiful. And right when they turn so beautiful, they just die, they fall away. You see. Think of those flowers. You think of our pets come into our lives. It's such a big part of our lives, and then they're not anymore, and that hurts. And you see how the, the temporal nature of everything, and then even on the most high level, of course, our loved ones. Right? We've all suffered those sort of losses. It just leaves a big void in our lives, and. Just looking at the, the things of nature and of human life, we, we see the temporal. Everything is not eternal. So God will use this, won't he? Let me look at a scripture for you. Let's look at Romans eight seventeen. I'm going to try to make this point. I, I mean, I think you, you're getting it. But just want to make our focus on this. Romans eight seventeen. 17. Um, if your children 
of God than your heirs, heirs of God and fellow heirs with Christ, provided we suffer with him in order that we also may be glorified with him. For I consider that the sufferings of this present time are not worth comparing with the glory that is to be revealed to us or in us. For the creation waits with eager longing for the revealing of the sons of God. For the creation was subjected to futility, not willingly, but because of him who subjected it in hope that the creation itself will be set free from its bondage to corruption and obtain the freedom of the glory of the children of God. Even the, the whole earth is waiting for all of us, for the church, for the children of God, all to be manifest. Because even the, the earth, the, the plants and the beautiful flowers, when you get to heaven, this host, host, I've heard stories of people who have been caught up to heaven, those flowers, they will turn and, and look at them and the dance, and they're just beautiful. They're not temporary. And they're vibrant and beautiful. And everything is alive. There's no death. Hmm? And we know that for those who love God, all things work together for the good, for those who are called according to this purpose. For those who love God and are called according to this purpose, He's working everything out for the good. He's not, He didn't bring death upon us. We did that. But now, He uses that to, you, to wean us I mean, you get my age, you've, you've seen some things, you've been through some pain, you've suffered some loss. I look around and I know things about all of you. God uses these things, not that He caused them, not that He did it. He said, hey, what the devil meant for evil, I'm going to use for the good. Yes. For my children, I'm going to use this to show them the temporal nature of this world, and I'm going to wean them off of this temporal and get them to focus on the eternal. To focus on, on himself. To f- focus on his promises. On his word. Hmm? Amen. Some choose. Because he's not going to override your free will, is he? He doesn't want a family of robots. He knew this was going to cause him pain. And if you think it doesn't, it does. He has a soul just like us. A mind, a will, and emotions. God has a personality. Those of you who know him know that. Mm-hmm. But some choose, unfortunately, to focus only on their losses, only on the natural. And if you even if you even if you have great success in this life, and some do, some do very well. One woman was on TBN or one of those other Christian networks. I used to watch when I was a a crouch potato. And uh, she was talking about the fact that she just had such a wonderful life before. And she was wealthy and and, uh, and, and, and obviously thought well of herself, her looks and all all the things in her life. She said, I had a great life anyway. Jesus said, just added the, the icing on the cake. And it's like, I don't know if she really got saved. (laughs) until you realize we're nothing without the Lord and everything with Him, 
you know, all if any of it has anything to do with us. He, he's not just the icing on the cake. We have nothing good apart from him. But even if you do have great success in this life, and some do, it'll always, it'll still, it's going to end in frustration. That will never satisfy. There will always be that God-sized void or hole in our lives until we, until we come to the Lord in truth. Amen. And if those who just, there are those who just choose, and I've, I, I know many, I have known many, they just choose to focus on their losses. On the negative, on the past. And how many of you know God is a God of today? He is a God of the future. He is not a God of the past. There is no future in the past. No benefit to dwelling on those things. And if it persists in a person's life, it's always going to result in cynicism. Mm -hmm. I'll give you a great example. How many of you are familiar with the book of Ecclesiastes? It's the one right after Proverbs. Written by King Solomon. Try not to go there. It's a wonderful book. And it can be quite confusing to a believer. So I'm going to help you today. King Solomon. I told you about King Solomon recently. And I told you something that surprised some of you, I think. Because King Solomon was what? The wisest, wealthiest man who ever lived, apart from Jesus. Amen. But he ended his days uh, in idolatry, huh? He wrote this book. He wrote a lot of wonderful things in the Bible, in Proverbs and so forth. But he wrote the book of Ecclesiastes. He had turned away from the spiritual to the carnal to the to the temporal he had turned away from the eternal and he began to look at only things under the sun hmm? have you read the book and he came to a very sad conclusion didn't he vanity of vanities vanity of vanities all is vanity. That's verse 2 of the book. He says vanity five times in that one verse. 36 times that word vanity is used in the 12 chapters of Ecclesiastes. 36 times. Vanity. Why? Because the phrase under the sun occurs 29 times in that book. Mm-hmm. When you look at only what is under the sun, only the natural, the worldly, the ultimate conclusion is vanity, futility, frustration. But if we receive the, the good news, that's what the gospel means, the almost too good to be true news, the good news, the revelation of God's word, which is revelation of Jesus Christ himself, by faith, then our reborn spirit and our soul is freed from the things of time and finds peace in its true home of eternity with God in the spiritual realm. Lord, I'm going to make these people shout one of these. <laughs> it's, your, it's, your, 
Very That's all right. It's about as excited as I get too. That that was as close as you see me to jumping on a table and doing cartwheels. And, amen. I am excited though. <laughs> Reminds me of my sister Cindy when I used to drink for a living. She'd, she'd always tell me, "Oh." Would you go drink you a can of personality? <laughs> uh, hey, I am what I am. By the grace of God, amen. <laughs> mm-hmm. Go to First Corinthians if you got your Bibles. It'll be kind of brief today, I think. 1 Corinthians 2.14 I thank God that I baptized none of you except Crispus and Gaius. Am I in the right book? No, that's the first chapter. (laughs) I'm like, who baptized? 14. The natural person does not accept the things of the Spirit of God. For their folly to him, and he is not able to understand them because they're spiritually discerned. I just, I don't want anyone to raise their hands. I just want you to do a little self-examination. Examine yourselves to see whether you be in the faith. Amen. The things I just preached to you a minute ago when I acted all excited. (laughs) Something inside of you should have been jumping up and down too, folks. If it was, that's a good sign. If not, you might want to read this verse here. The natural man, the unredeemed, the unsaved, let's just say it, person, doesn't understand this stuff. It's foolishness. God himself hung on a cross and died for me. Yeah, that's foolishness to the people that have not been born again. Don't hate them for it. Pray for them. But if it's foolishness to anyone in this room, I want you to just come up here and get it get it sorted out. We need to... I think everybody here gets it. Let's just turn the page. Second Corinthians this time though. So turn a few pages. Chapter 5. I want to read just a few verses. Chapter 5, the verses 4 through 8. Yep, just to confirm. 4 through 8. And turn left on the narrow path. A lot less traffic there. Amen. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verses 4 through 8. For while we are still in this tent, talking about this body, we groan, being burdened, not that we would be unclothed, but that we would be further clothed. Remember I tell you, we're going to get a new suit like this, except it's going to be eternal. Huh? (laughs) So that what is mortal may be swallowed up by life. 
He who has prepared us for this very thing is God who has given us the Spirit, capital S, Holy Spirit, as a guarantee. You've been given a down payment on your eternal life, folks. And those of you whom this good news has been bearing witness in you, you should be jumping up and down with joy because that means that deposit is has been been uh, wired and, 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 and into your account. I don't know what I was trying to say. It's in there. He's in there. The kingdom of God is in you. And it's it's leaping for joy. Just like when when uh, when Mary knocked on Elizabeth's door. Huh? And when they heard Mary's voice, John the Baptist was just a baby in his mama's womb. A human being, by the way. He was filled with the Spirit and he jumped for joy when he heard the mother's voice of his Savior. Huh? The Spirit in him was bearing witness and it made him just... You ever seen somebody with the Holy Ghost? You think... <laughs> the, it, sometimes it's the flesh, sometimes it's not. You know, different people react different ways because there, it's like <laughs> the Holy Ghost is like the wind, right? You can't, you can't see Him, but you can see the effects. And some of us, we really are very sensitive to Him. And then some people just get... <laughs> it's just like, uh, like drinking, I guess. Yeah, you remember when you used to be a drunk? Okay. Some of you were pretty good at it, huh? I could drink for days and I would just act just like I am right now, didn't I, Sam? I didn't change much. Other people? Oh, hey, hey. How many... How many has he had? Okay, remember, don't even go there. Becomes a nutcase. <laughs> so when you go to a church and they're just on a Friday night here in town and they're just flowing in the river and the, and some of the people are just really enjoying it and others are in the back corner barking like a dog, you know, I mean, just... Just leave it alone, folks. Just let it go. If they want to howl at the moon, just just let it be. <laughs> Some of you know what I'm talking about. <laughs> Praise God. <laughs> the Holy Spirit is given to us as a pledge from God, though. Isn't that awesome? Have you ever made a down payment on something? You know, hey, here's my down payment. I'm going to go get the money. It's not for sale. Nobody can look at it. It's mine, right? Now, some of you might have a remembrance of something like that. Yeah, I went back and that sucker had already sold it. He said, well, somebody came in with more money and, and had a bad experience. Listen, that's why Jesus says, peace I give to you. My peace I give unto you. Not as the world gives do I give unto you. Let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. Why did he say that? Because of things like I just mentioned. Bad experiences with people. He's a good, good father. Amen. Some of us didn't know what that looked like. Some of us did, thankfully. But he's a good, good father. And he loves us. He gave us the Holy Spirit as a down payment to keep us assured. It's a holy assurance to keep us focused on the eternal. 
Not to be attached to this world. This is of a vital importance. God does not want us to have soul ties to the things of this world. He wants us to look up. And the older we get, the easier that is. You know, have you ever, I've met some people that, that are like, I thank God forgot me. You know, all my friends are dead. You know, I'm ready to go. You know? Who was that wonderful woman of God that fluttered around the stage and talked in the Elizabethan English and healed everybody that walked through the door? Catherine Kuhlman. Surprise, Dan. You didn't say that quick. You did? Oh, that was yeah. you. Okay. Uh, Catherine Kuhlman. He was awesome. But man, she was interesting, huh? But never mind. Let's just... But they say that she, you know, she she got a, an illness when she was, and she was passing up. And she said, don't you pray for me. I'm going to be with my Jesus. Amen. She loved Jesus. You know, I had a, I had a wonderful uh, person that I hadn't known for long, a minister um, that was staying in the house, uh, one of the lodges that owned by Karis uh, on the, on the property up there in Woodland Park. She passed away when we were up there last year. I think I told you all about it. And I was like, okay, well, we'll just bring her back. You know, we were praying and believing. I was like, what's going on? And uh, come to find out, she, she had died a couple times before. And she said, next time, I'm going on to be with my Lord, you know. And, uh, well, her husband didn't tell me that at the time. I might have got some sleep that night. <laughs> she didn't have to come back. She didn't want to. Come to find out, she didn't want to. But I probably would have been a little selfish too at the time. Finally, he did admit it, though. He said, "Yeah." She said, "She said." <laughs> but it's okay, you know. Just like my friend, I didn't go to his funeral yesterday. Actually, the reason I didn't, I feel okay about it, is because I God used me to keep it from being a funeral, making it a home going. You see. So that's all that really matters. So now I could continue on with the work of the Lord, you see. Amen. Hallelujah. Yeah. <laughs> Psalm seventeen fifteen. You know, one day we're going to just fall asleep. And we're going to wake in glory. Yes. Yes. In the twinkling of an eye. Yes. Hmm? Beholding His face. The Lord Jesus Christ. Totally satisfied. Have you ever really been satisfied in this life? Not talking about just for a minute. I'm talking about was anything that lasted. Not a counterfeit of the enemy. You're going to be completely, totally satisfied. In the truest sense of the word. It's what you... You know, you ever talk to young people, you know, all... Basically, they go out, you know, you ain't ready to go out. There, there ain't nothing out there. I looked. There ain't nothing. Nothing permanent, nothing good. <laughs> Look up. We're like a seesaw, folks. God has designed us that way. 
whatever we focus on is going to be magnified in our life. You see? If we focus on the temporal, if we focus on the problem, if we focus on the bad report, the negative bank account, the things people said about us, the things people did to us, we focus on the hurt and not the help, then that's going to not only stay, but it's going to be it's going to be compounded. You don't fix it by focusing on it. You fix it by focusing on the eternal. Yes. You find the promise that God made you. Oh, if I had time to go into the four square gospel for you. Because it's not just the forgiveness of our sins, folks. There's 8,000 promises here. They're all for you. Oh, yes and amen. And if you'll find it and you'll say, I'm not going to focus on this. I'm going to focus on this. The eternal, the word of God, the promise of God. Because if he lied, this is all going to come undone anyway, folks. And remember, you got that great high priest sitting at the right hand of the Father in heaven. And he is obligated. He doesn't mind me saying it because I said it last time and I asked him, did that bother you? He said, no. Say it again. He is obligated to bring it to pass. If you will do your part and take that promise and stand on it, speak it out, stand on it and believe it, send your faith out to obtain what that promise has promised you and don't let it rest until it brings it back and manifests it in your life, in your body, in your finances, in your relationship. Hallelujah. Glory to God. We're going to talk about Jesus and His resolve. And I want to see if we can stir up that same resolve within us and our lives. Amen? Amen. I'm not going to get to the message today, but I sure enjoyed talking to y'all. <laughs> and I hope you find a message in it. Because I did. But I'll take it up next week and we're going to talk about the resolve, the intentional life, determination of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ on your behalf. Amen. Lord bless you today. You know how much he loves you? A lot. A lot. A lot. Say All right, everybody say, I love... Pastor Will. I love you too. Praise God. We love you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Thank you, Holy God. We thank you for your love, your grace, your mercy. We thank you for your precious word and for teaching us and growing us. We thank you for the deposit, the earnest money, the guarantee, not money, but the earnest down payment, the guarantee of our salvation, the eternal life that we are promised in you through our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ and what he has done on our behalf. We put our total, complete trust, not in anything of our own strength or our abilities, we put it all in you, Jesus. We put our total eternal life and destiny in your hands. And we trust 
that you have accomplished it. We receive it by faith and we can't wait. We look forward to seeing you, Lord. And until we do, we're going to live every day with the joy of the Lord as our strength and the favor of the Lord surrounding us as a shield. And we thank you for that in Jesus' name. Amen. We're living below in this old sinful world, hardly a comfort can afford. Striving alone to face temptation's call. Where could I go but to the Lord? Where could I go? Where could I go? Seeking a refuge for my soul. Needing a friend to help me in the end. Where could I go but to the Lord? Neighbors are fun. I love them, everyone. We get along in sweet accord But when I pass the chilling hands of death Where could I go but to the Lord? Where could I go, where could I go Seeking refuge for my soul Needing a friend to help me in the end where could I go but to the Lord? Life here is grand with friends I love so well. Comfort I get from God's own word. But when my soul needs manna from above, where could I go but to the Lord? Where could I go? Where could I go? Seeking refuge for my soul, needing a friend to help me in the end. Where could I go but to the Lord? Where could I go? Where could I go? Seeking refuge for my soul, needing a friend to help me in the end. Where? Where could I go but to the Lord? Where could I go but to the Lord?